Welcome back to the boys 161st Street episode 143. Today is a nice loaded episode for you today. Got a little bit of a packed house today. It's not just only me and Chandler. Today you got me, Chandler, and Murphy is back from his hiatus. He also is back on that uh, that Beat the Boys Jeopardy show, which will be at the back end of this episode. If you didn't catch it live, we did basically just Jeopardy against Steve and G, the notorious voicemail callers. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. If you guys want to check it out, obviously stay around to the end. We're going to have a regular show for you with rounding third. We're going to buy or sell your your takes. And then we're going to have some voicemails. Usually I would leave the voicemails for the Tuesday episode, but we had two, three, a couple of good ones that I wanted to play. So I thought they were relevant to today. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to do the Action Network stat of the week because we are presented by Action Network. Download the app, follow our picks. We took a look into, or he took a look into, why Glaber has been sucking and if he's ever going to be back to 2019 Glaber. And I'm not too sure if that will happen, but we'll uh, dive into the stats there. But before we get into all that, how are we doing, boys? I mean, aside from trying to pull off like a Jordan flu game here, um, I would like to say, speaking on the Action Network, the Greasy Parlay is two for its last two, and the first leg of today's has hit. So. I think that kind of makes up for this kind of cold I'm battling here. Just lining my pockets, even though I'm miserable. How are you, Murph? Glad to be back after a little hiatus there. Work doesn't exactly uh, coincide with our schedule, so I'm it's glad. It's good to, to have back. you back, Murphy. It's good to have you back, Murphy. He's the brewmaster. He's, he's repping the common roots. If you're around town, there's a population of like 50. But uh, if you're one of those 50, then go check out Murph at Common Roots Brewery. He'll pour you a nice cold one. So, Yankees take two out of the three in Seattle. Start off with two hot games. Offense looks like it was back. I remember seeing a stat. I'll look it up right now. uh, That we were, I think, like fourth in the league, was it, since June 23rd in runs put up. It was since June 23rd, the Yankees are fourth in the league in runs scored. So, that begs the question, obviously, today is a bad, you know, it's bad for this question, but, like, is the Yankees offense a little bit back? Because there's also the quote from Judge. I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but I'll read it out loud to you guys. So you could just tell the difference. The flow of the game is different when we score first. He's talking about our pitchers are able to attack guys differently. If we get a lead, it just changes everything for us, which is pretty fucking obvious. Like, that's that's the case with anything and anybody at any level. So... I mean, I agree with that, and we I have noticed, you know, they have been scoring early, and they have been, you know, I was able to go to bed early a few of these nights, and, you know, I thought maybe my mornings wouldn't be ruined, because it was, you know, it was 7 or 9 nothing when I went to bed, so, I don't know, do you guys think the offense is back? No. I, I did until about 3 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, no, no. You just got one hit by. I think he was a rookie with like a four ERA coming into this. He was a rookie. No, I don't. I don't think the offense is back. I just, I've said it time and time again that this offense isn't built to sustain hot streaks. Yeah, when everybody comes and they click at once, it's fucking awesome, and you put up the twelve or thirteen run game. But 
Now, I mean, I think I saw a stat today that was like in the last 16 innings of this series, the Yankees have scored zero runs. Like after they had their three run burst in the first yesterday and then judge hit the two run bomb in like the fifth, they didn't score another run the rest of the series. So, you know, do without what you may. It's, I mean, it's just a microcosm. I know you like that word. It's my favorite of word. The, uh, I know. Of the, of the whole word. You got a lot of favorite words. He's a wordsmith, man. I'm a little bit of a wordsmith. That's why you guys right. made me the host. That's another one. That's why I opened the show. You just, is wordsmith just, another one of my words that you think I love? Yeah. I do like that yes. word. It's Once a you good find word. a word, it's you're good to use it like, you know, four or five times more than normal for about a week. <laughs> I like to flex on like, him. Remember when we taught him the word cuck? We were in <laughs> Tampa. It was like... First thing in the morning, 7 a.m., Rella's up, everybody else is still asleep. She's like, I can't find my cucking pancakes. We're like, all right, man, it's time to shut that down. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Is the offense back or not? They stop talking about me learning words. No, the offense is not back. You know what's funny? Before we talk about the offense a little bit, or we could just end the topic about our, about the offense, I personally think it's 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 not back, but it's definitely looking better. It's And you know what? People are making the argument that it's against the Mariners. The Mariners are currently above us in the wild card, so you can't really point the finger at that. So, you know, I know the expectations for them was that they weren't going to be a good team, and they probably still aren't a great team. And we did face probably, if we didn't do that against Justice Sheffield, then we had to cancel the season right then and there. There is still hope. I still have hope that we make the playoffs. I think that's entirely possible. There's a lot of baseball left. And we saw after two games, we were within three and a half of the wild card, too. So a lot can change very fast. Kind of took the wind out of our sails after losing this game in the way they did. They'll get one hit by a rookie. So that sucks. But, I mean, like we've seen time and time again, this team is so streaky that they can just rattle off a few wins and then just rattle off a few losses. So, you know, if they if they do that a little more consistently, I don't know if they can. And here's the thing. Usually around this time of year, we always talk about, you know, there's replacements on the way. And this is like one of the years that there's barely any. Like Sevy is the only one, and Kluber may be back yeah. later, if if at all. So Sevy threw today, actually. Britain, Britain, Britain too. But, but you know what I mean. Every year we have a borderline four or five stars that are coming back as replacements. So you know we just have to get to that point, and we don't really have that. We are pretty pretty healthy for the most part, and the problem is that everybody's healthy and they just can't fucking put it together. Or one person will lead the show, like we saw Luke Voigt absolutely tear the cover off the ball, and then in classic Yankee fashion, he gets hit in the wrist, and he's probably going to be out for the next four months. I know he stayed in the game, but you know, one could assume he's probably going to be out for a very, very long time, just based on recent history of our players. And that's a shitty injury. I know Ruko said that on the air when it happened. When you get hit in like the the hand, I we talked about this teaser. During the, it was a question in uh, the Beat the Boys trivia at the back end of this episode. That reminded me so much of that judge against the Royals when he got hit in the fucking wrist and fractured his, his right wrist and was out for like eight weeks in 2018. So, two things. One, Ryan Rucco's the fucking man. I'm pretty sure that we're like 90 games above 500 when he announces. I don't think that's a real stat. And people got so mad at that when I said it on Twitter. I was like, dude, it's clearly a joke. Like, fucking relax. I know that that doesn't affect the team. And second of all, all this kind of the small hope that we do make the playoffs and we are buyers at the deadline, which is a huge fucking F based on the schedule this month. Say we go get Starling Marte. 
where do you guys guy. hold on where do you guys slide him in the lineup to where we're actually utilizing him i, I just want to hear from you and if it is lead off what do you do with dj murphy you know what i don't know because i was originally going to say lead off but then what do you do with dj is the kind of a tougher ask because if you slide him back then you're kind of sliding everybody back um i could see him being you know one of those five six guys in there a little bit um kind of fire up the back end i don't know i really don't know the answer to that starlin Marte is more of that prototypical you know because when dj came came over and we slid him into the the leadoff spot he, he initially wasn't the leadoff and we had to be like yo this guy gets a hit all the time he may not have that much speed but he could he could do it as leadoff because he just gets on base all the time. And to his credit, he has this. He has like a twenty-three game on base streak. I don't know if that was broken today. I, don't, I can't. I think unless he I walked. Think it, no, no. He ex- I think he extended walk, it. Today. But it was after stand. Okay, so twenty-four games around there. He's getting on base, so you know he isn't the most prototypical leadoff hitter, if you want to call it that. But you know he kind of is because he gets hits. But I think if you're thinking about the build of a leadoff hitter. I think Starlin Marte is more of that because he has speed and he hits for average and all that. So I don't know. I think DJ has been in the leadoff spot for a long time and I don't necessarily think they'd be quick to take him out of the leadoff spot for a guy they just signed. If they even get Starlin Marte, this is a big if we don't even think they're going to, I hope they do. Cause he's not even guy necessarily him, for, but. but we're looking for a speedy, like left-handed or a, I know Starlin Marte is not left-handed. I'm just saying we're looking for like a speedy outfielder kind of guy. The, whoever we're going after presumably isn't going to be the big behemoth power hitter. We're looking at a leadoff type hitter. That's why. So plug in any name you want, whether it's Cattell Marte, who they, I think they said they're not trading Him or Starling Marte or whoever it may be. We're getting that top of the order bat. I'm just, I'm just saying, where do you slide in a guy like that? That's the speedy contact guy. Just name a player X, whoever the fuck it is. If he's not, if he's not, Oh, go ahead, Murph. I was going to say it's tough because what we do is we put our power hitter and our best hitter theoretically in the two spot. So if we were doing, you know, reverting back 10 years to how lineups were constructed, then we do Marte one, DJ two, judge three, Stanton four, Voight five, so on. But now when we slide judge or Stanton into that two spot, that's when it gets harder to slip Starling Marte in there. Cause then, you know, you're not going to have him hit three. You're not going to have him hit four probably, but that's when you start looking towards the back, the five, the six, or you put DJ uh, out of the leadoff spot. So it's kind of tricky to slide a guy in there without completely revamping the lineup. I kind of like DJ in the two hole just for this reason specifically. Like, So say you have your leadoff guy. <laughs> we'll just say Starling Marte just to keep it consistent. If he gets on, which obviously that's what you're expecting out of your leadoff guy, DJ is a put it between the five, six hole guy or the three, what, not the five, six hole, the three, four hole, excuse me, guy. And they're playing at double play distance with a guy on first, right? So if Marte draws a walk, you have a guy that naturally. So you guys. My bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. I wasn't talking. So um, you have a guy that naturally puts it that way. Why would you not want him there and kind of take away from the double play, which has been our biggest fucking weakness. All One of there's a million weaknesses to, you know, point out, but that's just kind of my thought process. And then you go from there. If you get him on and then DJ slaps it through that hole, Marte's on third, and then you have judge up who fly ball scores, double play scores, anything scores. 
my Agreed. thought process. No, I, I think very, very good in theory. Yeah, in, uh, yeah I mean well, everything. This the twenty twenty one Yankees sound good in theory. Yeah, and now no, here we that, fucking are. So absolutely. And also in theory, you know, there were we have another guy in the lineup that would be eating up a middle of the order spot who has been borderline the worst on the team of the starters or of the stars. That's Glaber Torres. So he he would be maybe solving a lot of that issue. He could have been a, a five hitter. He could have been that guy. So I don't know. I, we wanted to know a little bit about why Glaber was struggling so much. So to dial it back from Charlotte Marte a little bit, excuse me, Chandler, because he's currently not on the team. So I'm sure that people want to hear a little bit about this team. I am hoping that Charlotte Marte does come to the Yankees. But if you guys want to head into the Action Network stat of the week, where our guy BJ comes in and he did a little bit of analysis on Glaber Torres. And we had the question to him, like, will Glaber Torres ever be as good as he was in 2019 again? Because he had 38 home runs and, you know, he was just great. And we haven't seen that. And we have had those stats where we have noticed, you know, however many he hit in the first two years, I think it was, do you remember that number? I think it was like 62. It was in the 60s. In the first two. Is it six since that in the last two years combined? So, we have questions, and we saw stuff about the exit velo, but BJ had a nice little synopsis as to why Glaber has been so bad. No, what's wrong with Glaber, and will he ever return to his 2019 form? Well, I took a look at some of his advanced stats. It's not a simple yes or no answer, but what I found was quite disturbing. In 2019, he had a weighted on base average of 358, which is well above the major league average of 315. But now in 2021. His weighted on base average has dropped almost 70 points down to 290. Now, taking an even deeper look into why that is the case, the answer is actually pretty simple. Glaber has lost his power. In 2019, he hit 41 home runs, and he gets a major benefit playing in a hitter-friendly park like Yankee Stadium for half the season. However, his expected home runs, which is a stat that is measured by StatCast, which takes batted balls that should have left the yard based on launch angle and exit velocity, was only 32.8. So power regression from hitting 41 home runs was always likely going to happen. But six home runs over 2020 and 2021 is a massive drop-off. What's really concerning this season for Torres is his exit velocity. On average in 2021, he's hitting balls at 85.9 miles per hour, which is in the bottom 5% of all Major League Baseball players, when in 2019, he was hitting them on average at 89.1 mile per hour exit velocity, which is closer to the Major League average. Torres also isn't pulling the ball with as much power as he did in 2019. Devin Fink did a fantastic breakdown of Glaber on Fangrass if you want to go read the full article, but essentially the gist of it is this. Pitches are challenging Torres more with their fastball, and he hasn't been able to catch up to it. If you compare his 2018 and 2019 season to 2020 and 2021, Torres' exit velocity on pulls is down from 91.2 miles per hour to 85.6. In fact, his pull percentage on balls that result in either a line drive or a fly ball is down almost 6% since 2019, which is a major concern for a right-handed hitter like Glaber, who hit 31 of his 41 home runs in 2019 to left or left center field. Now, the theory that Torres can't catch up to the fastball might have some weight behind it. In 2019, he had a positive 14 run value against fastballs, but over the past two seasons, he has a negative 7.4 run value. Now, Torres is still 24. It could be a timing or mechanical issue, and he has plenty of time to figure it out as long as the Yankees keep giving him opportunities. But one thing's for certain. He will never be a 41 home run guy like he was in 2019. So that was concerning. And he started out by saying, I have disturbing news, which I thought was very 
very cynical about Glaber. So he did one one correction. It was only thirty eight, not forty one. So that will, includes the play. No, that includes oh, the playoff. Okay, so I I, I stand there. corrected. I apologize. He does, for, he, does, he does stats for a living. You know. No, I know, I, and I was, and I assumed he was right, and I just wanted to put my two cents in there, and I knew I was wrong in some way. So I'm sure that is it. That does make sense too. If I may, he sounded so much like Peter Brand in Moneyball when he was just <laughs> he explaining did. that. Like the way he was explaining it, it was, I don't know. I felt like I was watching Moneyball. It was kind of incredible. Yeah, hey, no. BJ's, you would like BJ. You should come on one of the action episodes. Murphy. I should. Now that, now that you got your bar schedule a little bit uh, revamped, he's BJ's. A, he's, he's a good guy. If you guys don't ever listen to the Wednesday episodes, you, you need to listen to him because BJ gives us a lot of insight and sneak peek. For next week, <clears throat> I know Yankee fans will appreciate this. We might have a little Astros tidbit for you for 2021. So they give may, me a little extra incentive. They may still be cheating. But back to uh, this. Yeah, BJ's great. I mean, that was very in-depth. But basically what the gist of that is what he was saying was the exit velo is down, which we noticed. And we said that last episode about how his exit velo was down below – Brett Gardner and the only two people he had a higher exit velo then was who was it? It was Tyler Wade and Tim LaCastro and Tim LaCastro, who are who both a new all star. It was a new all star. Apparently, we're gonna get into him in the in a voicemail. We got one for that. So if you did call in about Tim LaCastro, you're about to be on the show because we have to defend our our honor on that on that stance on Tim LaCastro because we did fucking shoot him down and. <laughs> We'll get to that I think in a that second. That was more of just being upset about the. We'll Yankees. get there. We'll get there. And we, he was kind of our our whipping boy for how sad we were. But uh, one thing about Glaber Torres that I mean, obviously, he BJ knows what he's doing. I'm just, how the fuck do all the projections, like the Zips projections and all that, get it so wrong? And I mean, these guys have the models and everything to break it down. But when you look at Zips, who also has the same models, they still predict him to hit 40 plus home runs a year. And they did so after his, you know, after that year and then beyond. So I don't know where the middle ground is. Obviously, I know BJ, I've met BJ and I've listened to him talk. So I side more towards him. But I just want to know how he can get that. And then the Zips guys and all those guys can tell us every year in and year out that Glaber's going to be a 30 plus. Well, I mean, he he's reacting to information we have this year. The projection is different. I don't know. I mean, well, Zips was reacting to what they had last year, where he was fucking atrocious. That was like, a short sample size, though. It does. It's not that short. It's sixty games. It's pretty short. It's a pretty well, short sample eight, size. Murphy's smiling games. over there. That's a short, short sample, sample size. size. Thank you, I'm Murphy. Just saying, I'm just saying. I don't know how it can be like a forty home run difference. I I think. I'm just curious. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that one way is right or wrong. I'm just saying I'm curious how each gets to their stat. And I'm curious as to how accurate each will be going forward for the rest of his career. That's all I'm saying. So not taking a side, (laughs) taking a side. So do you think, do you guys think that we'll ever see 2019 Glaber again? Point blank. Absolutely not. Murph. Not, not power wise. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, not this year, not next year. Maybe after that, if he fixes some mechanical things and starts to square up the ball a little bit. Side note, do you think Glaber Torres will be on this team for in, in two years? Uh, that depends when he becomes a free agent. So I think he, I think he's still got a couple years under team control. So for that reason, I think he will be, 
No, I but don't. I don't know after. Well, I'm saying will he be traded? After his arbitration stuff's over, once he becomes a free agent, I don't. Know. I'm not talking about getting to free agency. I think he's got. No, I'll, no, I'll no. check his he's contract. Getting, but. He's 24. I think he's got three or four more years. You think he's so. getting traded then before he becomes a free? That was my I question. Just mean- there's so much smoke. Even before Story this year, there was so much smoke on Seager in the offseason. And now there's a little bit of smoke on Story. And it's just like that's the talk of the Yankees' whole trade ordeal. I mean, I know we'll get into Barrios later on. But, you know, if you listen to any expert or when we had Mark on on our, our guest episode a couple of weeks ago, he was like, you know, if there's one thing the Yankees fans are looking out for, it's Trevor Story, and Trevor Story is known to be on the trading block. He's going somewhere this summer. So I, I just think the stars align too perfectly for it, and he's playing so bad that I just don't I don't see him here for the long haul. What are At you this doing, current Murph? moment, that could change in like a week. I agree, but I don't know what Murph is As doing. Are you trying to catch I a think fly? He's a fly. There, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. There's a fly. I hit him. He was like stunned on my wall. So I was throwing this little paper ball at him to try to get him off the wall. For those who are audio only people in the podcast that Murph is just a, this is a reason to subscribe to the YouTube because he's just it's just, just kind of funny the way Murph, Murph first day back and he already lost his he's, he's not even doing. It. All right, Chandler, let's take it away like we usually do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I got it. I personally think that Glaber won't be traded, but I I'm open to the fact that he can be traded in in years to come. And and like you said, I think the the whole C, the the Corey Seager and uh, the Trevor Story shit really makes it a little bit easier to do something like that, especially with DJ being locked up for the next couple of years. And who knows? Like we were talking about who are the tradable assets before we got on the air, and we talked a little about about that on last episode too. And you know, you know, this team is so. This is the first time in a while that I have felt like all of these players, you know, when they're not concrete, they're not on the team forever. Like this team could look so different next year. And it, and it honestly depends on the next couple weeks, like the next couple weeks, a little bit shortly after the all-star break. If this team starts to, that's what it is. It's the next like month or so. If we sit here in, in August and we sit down on this podcast, we're probably either going to be talking about buying or selling, obviously. And, if they start, if they continue to play this bad in this tough stretch of games, the games upcoming is Houston, Boston, Philly, Boston, Tampa Bay, Miami. If we play bad for those those games, we're very much sellers. And like I said, of the people on this team, there there are a bunch that could be sold. There are a bunch that shouldn't be sold and don't have value in a, in a trade. But you know, I don't know. This is the weirdest time I've ever been a Yankee fan because I've never like I've we felt this before but not with such lofty expectations to the point where the players that were the cornerstone cornerstone players are now potentially not even going to be on the team next year like that's crazy to me especially with this team like it's happened before with the Yankees when we retooled in 2016 and all that stuff but there wasn't as much of expectations as there was this year so this is just wild me and Chandler have talked about that before about it being like the 2011 Eagles and the FSU team it's just insane and I'm sad. I just, the one thing that kind of sticks out in my brain, and it's it's something that I've thought about since, I don't know, May or J- early June, I read an article about the 2003 or four Red Sox that traded away Garcia Parra, and that was one of their household names that was just to give a major shockwave through it. 
Like it wasn't necessarily a rebuild. It was just to spark something because trading for the, no offense to Tim LaCastro. I, he has been awesome since he's been here, but trading for the Tim LaCastros of the world, isn't what's going to change this team. You know, that's, that's kind of what the article was talking about. It's like, yeah, they, the Red Sox were good, but they could never get over the hump. That's kind of the Yankees. We've been good for a while. Like we've made the ALDS, ALCS, and I think they've kind of alternated years since 2017, but we can't get over the hump. And maybe it is a household name that needs to go just to send a shockwave, like, oh, fuck. And then this is a new team. I mean, even CC Sabathia, I, I talked about it last week. CC Sabathia on his podcast said that as a player, he would never admit it, but every year everybody's sitting around at the deadline like, oh, shit, are we going to get a guy that mixes everything up for us? And whenever they didn't trade for anybody, he was disappointed. So I think everything kind of lines up perfectly in a year like this where a household name could be traded. I don't know if Cashman has the balls to do it. I think he's a little gun shy after the Sonny Gray trade. I haven't really seen anything of merit since then when he traded Mateo and Caprillion and all them. But, I mean, if there's ever a time for him to come out and do it, I think it's right now. So who's like the household name? That you Glaber. Uh, that, that, I mean, we're talking about Glaber right now. So, I mean, that would be one of the household names. A Glaber, a... That's tricky. I mean, a judge. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just saying. These are kind of your household names. The Glaber, the judge, the... Shit, I don't even the know who has value the people anymore. People get traded at the deadline, generally, at least from one side, are people who have expiring contracts on seller teams. And if we're going to be the seller team, we don't really have anybody on expiring contracts. So while Glaber might be a part of a deal for another blockbuster name, we're not going to be giving up Glaber for somebody who's going to be on an expiring contract. So... Well, I'm not necessarily saying that we're sellers. I'm saying it's more of like the retool situation. Kind of like, I mean, the Red Sox wanted to win the World Series that year. It's not selling in the sense like the, I'll just use the Cubs last offseason. We're not getting rid of you, Darvish, and all these guys, and where Kyle Hendricks' name is floating and Chris Bryant's name is floating. It's not selling as in we're trading off everybody. It's just a retool. It's something to shake up the clubhouse enough to work like a seismic shakeup. You know, what's funny is that you mentioned the Cubs with the U Darvish thing. And then you mentioned the Red Sox with Nomar and they both had the same GM at, at the same time. Like that was both Theo Epstein, yeah, Theo was Epstein the came in and did that with Garcia Parra. And then I believe one of his last things when he was the manager of the Cubs was to not resign you Darvish. So that's kind of funny, but either way, I see where you're going with it. I just don't know if like cash that's Cashman's like MO where he's going to actually go and do that. I feel like the only player that sends that big of a shockwave through would be giving up Garrett Cole, Sean Carlos Stanton, or Aaron Judge, all of who are essentially untradeable, in my opinion. I mean, I think Glaber would be is that kind of player. He's a 24-year-old multi-time all-star. He was the number one prospect in baseball for a while. But he's horrible right now. He's horrible right now, but, I mean, doesn't mean he's horrible. I mean, he's 24. That's Chris true. Bryant didn't even get called up till he was 25 and he won an MVP. That's a good point. I'm just saying, I, I think if there was somebody on the Yankees that fit that bill of the household name that could be traded, that isn't a total sell. Glaber Torres fits that almost to a T. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just, I'm just saying if the Yankees were to go that route, he makes the most sense. And that was kind of building off what you were saying. Is he going to be on the team in the future? And I just don't know. I mean, I don't think they have the balls to pull off a Trevor story, and I don't think they would pay him anyway. 
just based off of if you can't sign Michael Brantley, you sure as fuck can't sign Trevor Story. So I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying if there was ever a time to do it, it makes sense now. It's true. And I, and I, to piggyback off of that, I, I don't think a player like Glaber doesn't lose its value that quickly for trades, especially how young he is. Because, you know, prospects that are that big, like we're already talking about Jason Dominguez being untouchable. Like Glaber has done that in the regular season. Dominguez hasn't even, he's, he just came up to the, to the major, not to the minor leagues. He's playing his first fucking games. And we're talking about him being untouchable. Labor Torres has proven that he can do it at the major league level at a very high rate, at a very young age. So I don't think that he's lost any value, or not any value. He definitely lost some value, but he didn't tank like a guy like Clint Frazier did in terms of a trade value. I think he very much still has a lot of value, and he very much still could be, in the eyes of the Yankees, untradeable also. But I think him playing this bad and the looming free agencies of story and Seeger just being out there has for me cracked the, the, the shield of like the possibility that Glaber could be actually traded before this season. Not don't even entertain that to me, but I mean, now there's a sliver of possibility that he could be traded and that's kind of all you need right now. And that could snowball and turn into a big thing, especially in a big market like the Yankees. Speaking of trading and all that stuff, Barrios has been rumored to be. Apparently, the Yankees are, are high bidders on him. How do we feel Before about we move that? On, can I ask a question real quick while we're on the shortstop conversation? Just a quick one, quick answer. That was a really good transition, though. I know it was a great transition, but I can we, can we springboard back to we it? Can this springboard is back to that, but we got to go back to that in a sec. It's an amazing question. How would you feel if Glaber continued this and then in the offseason with this class, the Yankees went out and signed Correa? I would hate that. I I would personally, I would, I, I might move to Miami. Like I would not. No, guys. I would not like that at all. I, 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 I don't, I don't think they would do that, dude. I don't either. I'm just curious. There this entire team would have to be completely different. That oh, yeah. I, in in my, my entire lifetime, there are very few baseball players that I hate as much as I hate Carlos Correa. That yeah. I, I hate Carlos Correa more than anyone. Yeah, that's a Johnny flat no. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> wanted to – that was a good question, though. I wanted to see it the – It was a good question, but, yeah, hard no. Okay. I, I fucking hate that guy. No. I, how much of a pussy is he not playing in the All-Star game just because he doesn't want to get booed? What yeah, speaking of which. Back, bitch. Well, Tuve, too. I know they're so transition now into their little giveaway thing. Yeah, while we're on the topic, they are doing the giveaway. They're giving away. That was a good one, Murph. Claps to you. We'll say it's not a new favorite word. Nobody, we didn't just figure out that word. (laughs) Okay, segue at least once an episode. Well, I segue a lot. So, yeah, they're they're. Did you guys see what they're giving away in the? Do you think that's a stain at us? By the way, I thought a hundred percent. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I thought it was fake. I thought it was no, fake it's 100%. too. They did it a hundred percent to like as a f you to the Yankees, but who fucking cares? Like, congrats on second place, I guess. Like, big fucking whoop! You made it to the World Series by cheating and lost. Woo-hoo, yeah, it's, it's one thing if they won the World Series; they're giving away pennant trophies. They're giving away fake replica rings as an ALCS ring. Not even yeah, a World Series ALCS. ring. Wait, it was an ALCS ring? Oh, because it was 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when a college football team, like when fucking, oh, God, it was like. No, it was, the Col- it was either. Dude, no, it was like Florida or Miami. I think it was Florida. 
made state of Florida rings because they beat Florida State and Miami when they were both fucking uh, like I thought you meant um it's like I'm congrats sure on winning two games against season champs banners or something. Oh I, my like, God. I didn't oh, even yeah. realize that. Now that's even worse. I was just saying yeah, like I thought it was a joke. I thought it yeah, was Yeah, it's like a fake. consolation prize and they think they're pulling off this master plan and it's like what the fuck you guys I thought doing? it was some guy on Astros Twitter who was like just making a joke and like sending a meme around. Like I didn't realize that that was a real actual thing that they're doing. I know. And then and you get a dumbass like entirely convinced that it's a real thing. <laughs> Dude, I got the I don't know why MLB like sucks them off so hard either. I got I saw like an MLB notification after like, ooh, look at this cold Astros like uh, trolling the Yankees is like that's not even funny. Like, congrats on your participation trophy, man. Like on a game on a series that they were like proven to have cheated in. Yeah, I mean Jose Altuve <laughs> obviously covering his buzzer, rolling into home to send him do? to the World Series, and then Juan Soto just fucking slapped his dick on your face in the world series and here you are bragging about it like woohoo good yeah, job uh, weren't they a wild card team too national yeah that was that was a uh, trivia yeah, that question was one of the, they got one of the slapped seven. around by a wild card team in the world series after yeah. cheating that was when justin Verlander got super butt hurt at jose altuve grabbing his like crotch at him and then he had a fucking new at, at Juan Soto, you mean what who did i say you said altuve Oh yeah, yeah, once, uh, once, excuse me, but yeah. Either way, it's fucking stupid. And I think no, they're doing three giveaways. They're doing a replica World Series trophy, a replica ALCS ring, and then no, like it's a replica pennant trophy. I think. Yeah, it's a pennant trophy, a pennant, uh, the pennant ring, and then it's it's an Altuve jersey. Sick. I, I thought it was a bobblehead. No, no, it was a jersey. It's probably a buzzer included in that. But back to the topic that I was talking about. Actually, while we're still on the, on the Astros, I did want to talk about the Astros anyway. What are your expectations going into this Astros series? We're going to win uh, the first game because Nestor Cortez is pitching. That's oh damn God, true. That's really damn true. Game. So one and two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe one and two. How bad is it going to look if Cole gets shelled again in Houston? Is he lined to pitch this this series? I mean, he has to be, isn't he? Yeah. Since he, the didn't, fourth. he didn't pitch against Seattle, so. I'm surprised he's not throwing tomorrow. Like, that's five days. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Is well, he he's hurt? Good, he's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm like joking. It's Garrett Cole versus Zach Grinke on Saturday. Dude, yeah. Zach Grinke's going to no-hit us, and I'm going to be sad. Dude, Cole's ERA is still 291. I don't know why everyone's saying the sky's well, fucking no, falling. Yeah, that's because it was 1-3 one, one, for half was, the yeah. year. Exactly. All right. I'm I not... Mean, I'm not fully worried about Cole, though. Dude, you're a math guy. Do one, three, and then... I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying he's still fucking good. No, no, no. He was good. He was exceptional. Now he's good because he's been bad. Do you think he's kind of a head case now? Because he's kind of been... Like, I love Garrett Cole. I got his autographed jersey on my wall. I'm just saying, now that the sticky stuff... He seems to get flustered easier. Yeah. Probably no He's not. This is probably the first time in his career he's been struggling pitching. So well, he wasn't amazing on the Pirates. Yeah, but All that's right. early in his career. That's after. Yeah, now he's fucking leading the league in everything. Every fucking. He's just. He's a good pitcher now. He's grown into a superstar pitcher. He's in the Cy Young race. I'm just, I'm just asking the questions that nobody wants to talk about. No, but you it's always refer good. back to his Pirates no. days. It's like that. That is so always long has ago. Been twice. I've okay. done it twice, and that wasn't that long ago. It was three years ago. 
four years ago. Like the absolute scapegoat of the sticky stuff thing. And he's he and Chapman are exhibit A and B on oh, they were only good because they used sticky stuff. So but that's gotta mess with you mentally too. So that might be why it doesn't yeah. seem like he's got the same edge. So on the same note with pitchers, let's finally get into this. What are your guys' thoughts on the Barrios stuff? I would love it. Depends what we give up. That's the answer. That's the question. That's the I don't answer. even care. I don't even point. care, not, to be honest. They won't even fuck. They won't call up anybody good anyway. Do You saw that tweet the other day. I was like, asked about uh, Park and AAA, who's tearing the fucking cover off the ball as a lefty. Like, the analytics don't match up. If you're not going to call up a guy who's tearing the cover off the ball anyway, who fuck? I don't even care. As long as it's his name's not Dominguez or Gill or Medina or Lockridge, I don't care. Or Lockridge. Barrios this season has a 3-3-6 ERA, 7-3, 101 innings pits, 106 strikeouts, 1.1 whip. He has a 3-4-7 FIP, so he, I mean that's that's not bad. It's definitely not bad. I mean, he's been he's been one of those pitchers who's honestly I feel like he's been rumored to go to be, to be in trade talks or free agent talks with the Yankees like seemingly Every off season. This is the first time I've ever heard his name as a trade. I don't know. I, I've heard it a few times for at least a trade. Like you're smoking crystal meth. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Maybe it was just this off season. I don't know. I heard something about him potentially being a Yankee at some point. Maybe it was recently, and I'm just projecting that into my brain at some other point. But I feel like that was an off season thing. It did happen at one point. I'm not crazy. At the some Twins point, made the playoffs like in 2019. Like Whatever, fucking dude. Relax. Now they got I'm Jay Happ, and they don't need Jose Barrios. That's why. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair point. I'll sh- that's all I needed. All right. Like, he's still that good? Jay Happ? That might be a stupid question. He's still that good? Jay Happ is like a 19 ERA on the Twins. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about Happ or Barrios? No, Barrios. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were talking about <laughs> Happ. I was like, dude, Happ is. I have through. Didn't he throw a perfect game and then, like, Every other outing, he's given up a gate run. No, he he got or went no into the hitting. seventh. He went to the seventh, perfect or no hitting, and then they scored like six off him in the seventh. Oh, really? Yeah, and true. He yeah. brought out his Yankee Blues on that one. But Barrios has, like I said, is a three three six ERA this year. He's seven and oh. three. Which honestly, if right. I know wins don't matter, but like the wins kind of matter to me. If you're on the Twins and you're seven and three. Agreed. Wins, I think wins matter. Okay, well, wins especially matter if you're on the Twins and you're seven and three to me. Yeah. Like the, wins I, matter if they work in your favor. I yeah. disagree with that. <laughs> I, I think because Domingo, Domingo, you know what I mean. Otherwise, they matter. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It's it's here and there, but in this situation, it absolutely matters because he's on a team that gets no fucking run support. So I don't know. The Twins are just a weird fucking team, but I, I'd be happy with it, and I don't even think. We, we've talked about the situation of like, oh, does it even matter? Or why why would we waste assets to put a team together that isn't even going to win? Like, we aren't a Jose Barrios away from a World Series. So, to me, if you're going to get Jose Barrios, that better not be it. Because, I mean, this team, Jose Barrios <laughs> might not be the only guy. Like, we're, we might not even make the playoffs. So if you get Jose Barrios and you get a couple other guys and we just missed the playoffs too and we just loaded the farm on these guys who now potentially are going to be here for a year and some change and then leave, like that is a even worse situation that we are in now. So I'm in, I'm in a weird spot as to like, do I even want to buy? Because these guys have to be 
not only a good players, get them for good prices, but you also have to get them and they need to come in and perform right away. Like you could get a guy like Story who comes in in the first half of this year. He didn't really have that great of a first half. So, you know, you not only have to get the household name for a good price, but he's got to come in and do it right away. So I don't know. I'm very torn about this whole thing because we could be in a fucked, 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 fucked situation if we get Barrios and a few other guys and still miss the playoffs. And then we're just sitting in October with our thumbs up our ass, just like, okay, now we're fucked for years. Like the, yeah, we, now, now we, what? now what? Yeah. Now we could be sitting in a spot where <laughs> we have no prospects well, and well, we don't know what happened to us in like the beginning of this, you know, after 2009, granted we won in 2009, but we put all our marbles in that basket and we weren't good at very good again for a long time. Cause we had a lot of older guys and not a lot of younger prospects to move it around. Yeah. Do you want to do that again? And here's the thing too. How and I'm are we sure really, though, we only have one free agent coming up and that's Kluber. So it's not like we have a bunch of expiring contracts. Like the people we have right now, unless there's trades, are stuck there for several years to come. We've got like Stanton for six. I think Hicks is there for like four or five still. We have yeah, we have him for five. We have DJ for Chapman's, five after this. We have Stanton. We have five, I think, too. Chapman. We have Britain for another year. We have all these massive contracts. All I'm saying is I I don't really think that you can look at the farm if you're still in contention come the deadline, which that is a massive if. If you're still in the content in contention at the deadline, I think you I don't think you can prospect hugged. Like you just you can't. Here's my question. This team needs something. Here's my question to you. So you say in contention. We're currently what, four games out of the second wild card? Four and a half. Four and a half. When when the time comes, what is the number? What's striking distance? From that wild card, we don't obviously if we're in it. If we're like in the second wild card spot, slated in there, then we buy. But like, how how many games out of that second wild card could you be to hit that buy button, to comfortably hit that buy button, and then the, that being one game below that, you'll sell. What's that number for us? I think that goes on a spectrum, starting with one game back, because like you know, if we're one game back, obviously we're not going to go try to get some huge piece to try to make up ground to maybe get a wild card spot. But on the other hand, if we're in the driver's seat and the wild card by then somehow, or if we're a few games back, then that differs who we're going to go for. Where, whereas if we have a legitimate shot at being a contender to win the World Series, then maybe we go for a bigger name, the Starling Martes of the world, that kind of thing. But if we're five games out, then maybe we go for a little bit of a long shot, smaller piece. And I think that one game back is about the Barrios territory. My number is four, and that is assuming that's my nuts on the table number. That is, we're going to get Barrios, we're going to get fucking Marte, we're both Martes. I mean, I'm talking a full on buy. If you're within four, I think you have to go on and do everything you can. And I'm not like not small moves. If you're if Hal Steinbrenner can actually sack up and pay the money and Cashman can sack up and trade the prospects. I think if you're within four and above 500, you go fucking do it. I mean, to save your own face after what you've put together in the first half, you go out there and you buy a Marte, you buy a Barrios, you go get another bullpen arm. You do what you can fucking do. You're not going to fucking bring up your prospects anyway. I don't think go, so. I don't go do it. Because well, I, I mean, what's what I was just saying. What's the point, though? That's when you get into the territory where you put your nuts on the table to lose in the ALDS, and then you're fucked. 
And then we got two Martes and no farm system. I mean, nobody on the farm system is coming up anyway. Between the contracts and the fact that they won't bring them up. Like, if you can't bring up Park right now and you can have Tyler Wade up, like, that just shows me that they're not going to do it. We're not talking about this year, though. We're talking about for the next couple of years. If we make all these moves right now and get rid of these guys, like, we we have to use these guys to get pieces. You realize that. So if we do that, then the next couple of years... We are actually fucked. And, and I'm not saying they're not going to bring these guys up this year. That's obvious. But then we have no prospects and aging starters that are all probably going to be on short-term deals with us. And then what? And then we have nowhere to build a team around. And we just don't. We have a fucked team that's loaded with Stanton's contract, Cole's contract, and a few other guys who are just going to keep getting older and keep getting more hurt. Judge included, whatever, whatever, whatever the fuck happens with him. And it's just... It's just not. It's not it. DJ's not going to get any better as years go on, too. Like he's an older player. I love DJ, but that's another thing I'm looking at for the next couple of years. If I was a GM, I'd be looking at all these things. And I do think this situation we have right in front of us, that I asked that question, whether to buy or sell here, can have such big ripple effects for the next fucking couple of years. And it's actually a very vital part of this organization. And here's the thing, too. It's very vital for certain people's jobs. So... This is, that's why I'm more worried about this is because as much as Hal says Cashman's job and Boone's job isn't on the line, we know it's very much on the hot seat at the end of this year if we miss the playoffs. Anything's fair game in terms of who's getting fired. So they know that, and I, that's what scares me the most is that he might just fucking pull uh, – Who's that? Who's the Who's the GM that would always just blow up teams? I think he was on the Red Sox and the Phillies now. Is it Depoto? That was a guy in the Mariners no. that just likes trading fucking everything. Uh, Dave, Dylan, Dave, Dave Dombrowski. Dave yeah. Dombrowski. So Dave Dombrowski on his way out just blew up a team and left the fucking remains for somebody else to just hop in there. I I, I worry that Cashman just gonna make a one final hoorah and go after it. We miss the playoffs, or even if we make the playoffs, then we don't win the World Series, and then we're sitting here with a fucking wasteland of a team with bad contracts all around. That's what I worry about. I guess my final, like, my bottom line is don't do the middle ground that you've been doing. If you're going to buy, buy seriously. If you're going to buy, fucking buy. You go out and get the pieces you think will win you a World Series. If you're going to sell, sell. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. if, we're, if we're in a spot to where we're going to buy, don't half-ass it and go get three more Tim LaCastros and Justin Wilsons. And I like I said, I know Tim LaCastro's been fine, but you know what I mean. Like don't no, I get it. Don't just do it to please the fans. Get exactly. pe- get only get a piece if you think it's gonna actually mean something. If you're gonna buy, fucking do it. If you're not gonna buy and actually go out there and try and win a World Series, then fucking trade who you can and let's gear up for the future. Because as the team sits right now, we're not winning dick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like we're upset. I'm, I'm we're really upset like- right now. Imagine how upset this is. What I'm just trying to help out future us. Like if we're this upset right now. Imagine we have a wasteland of a farm and just fucking uh, shitty contracts up and down the entire lineup. For the future of this podcast, we're going to have some like sad episodes for years to come, if that's the case. I'm thinking about future Luke Chandler and, and Murph out there. Just like, what what are we going to talk about? What are things we can get excited about going forward? And those are all the prospects and stuff like that. So there's that there's some real weight to this this decision is whether to buy or sell right now. And I think it, I think it's pretty fucking important. Part of my thinking on the buying, though, real quick, and I'll let, I'll pass it over to Murphy. Just quick little tidbit. <laughs> I don't think we're losing, even if we were to buy 
extensively, I don't think we're losing the core, you know, like we have so many big contracts and so many lengthy contracts that the core of this team's not going anywhere. Like if you were to sell prospects, you're selling maybe one, one or two guys that may make it up there. Like, yeah, it sucks. And yeah, they might be superstars. You might have the Caprillions of the world or whatever who come out and just fucking shove it, but they're not going to make this team. Like one of them may make it to the Yankees based on how the roster's constructed. That's why I'm saying if you're going to buy, you fucking you risk it all. And that's what you you even backed me up on the offseason. You were saying, you know what? I, I want to see them sell the farm. It's not my fucking money. It's not my prospects. Go do it and win the, win the fucking World Series. That's what I'm saying. Based on the situation the team has put itself in already, I don't think that trading prospects is going to make that big of a difference long term because I don't think they're going to get the opportunity anyway. I, I just think that also with given how this year is going, it's not like the roster is bad. There are worse teams that are playing better, and then there are better teams that are there aren't really better teams that are playing worse. So I don't think this is a one or two deadline move is going to save anything this year, and it might even be a detriment next year if we're giving up prospects. So that's where you know I'm a little hesitant to be like, oh yeah, sell the farm on a year where we're maybe going to make the wild card. And I also, on the flip side of that, don't think we should dump and sell everything either. I think. We kind of sit and deal with the cards that we've been dealt at this point in the season. And, you know, maybe we go on a tear, maybe we don't, but then we can figure this out at the end of the season. So you're fine yeah. with just sitting there and running it back again? The, for the for the deadline, yeah. Offseason is a different story. Oh, no. But for the deadline, I don't think one or two people are going to change up this lineup too, too much. And <laughs> the people that might are probably going to cost a little bit too much, or we're not going to be able to come to a common ground because we got a lot of bad contracts. I don't know. You guys want to get into rounding third? Let's do it. Sure. All right. So the first rounding third, rounding third segment, we have just recently changed it, obviously, to taking your takes. It originally was just us coming with some some bold takes, and then we try to get each other to buy or sell that, call her safer out. But uh, it's kind of tough to think of just bold takes all the time, every single week. So we turned it to you, the listeners, and you guys sent us your hot takes. We usually post them on the story or on Twitter and you can reply to it to send in your hot takes. And we are just going to buy or sell those call you in our, our words calling you safer out for the rounding third purposes of the segment. So the first question comes to us from Jeffrey alias seven and call me an asshole. If I uh, DM us and I'm an asshole. If I, if I say your name incorrectly, but he says Clint Frazier will be an all-star next year. Now I'm going to just, Take the reins on this one and sell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This we faster. had an order. All right, go ahead. But <laughs> no. you, you did. You fucking went away from the order on number one. All right, yeah. go ahead. Just like on Jeopardy too. Um, no, I think for sure out. Like thrown out at home by like ninety-five feet. And yes, yeah. I know base pass are ninety feet. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. The ball's sitting at home, and you're halfway between second and third right now. Yeah, I don't even think I don't even think he'll be playing baseball next year. He is. I mean, he's got another, he's got what is it vertigo right vertigo. now? He'll probably yeah. run into another wall or something. I don't know. I'm so done with Clint Frazier. I don't. It, vertigo that, is just like such a. I don't even know. I'm not even trying to like downplay it. It's just like that is just the perfect cherry on top of everything that's happened to Clint Frazier. It's like, oh yeah, I have vertigo. Sorry, I'm I'm done. Like, well, fuck, man. Like, that's just such a Clint Frazier injury to have. And I know I'm not, like I said, not downplaying. I know Vertigo fucking sucks. Like, 
I'm a big golf guy. I've watched Jason Day collapse on the course of Vertigo. I'm just I'm just saying like a fucking like here we go again. Yeah. Like I just don't I don't think that he's gonna be an all star. Like his career is hanging by a thread. Yeah. So next question is probably directed it's definitely directed at Chandler. So this one is from Quinn Little. Uh, there should be a conversation about Cessna returning from the sun. Sorry, Chandler. So the current occupation on the sun is Cessa, Licky, no, not Licky, not Licky, uh, Krisky, Ford, and we just sent one more to the sun. Who, who just went Justin, to the, Justin, fuck Justin God. Wilson is currently a member of the sun. So we can, we can assess, we can, we can use this time to fully assess Cessa's, uh, residency on the sun. So Chandler, I'll kick that one to you. Then that was that was a question for you. Is Sessa still on the Sun, or are we bringing him off the Sun? My personal loathing—it's it's beyond hatred. My loathing of Sessa aside, the only way I'm bringing him back from the Sun is if we can send Wandy Peralta in his place, because that guy's a fucking bum. If we I can think do that's that, fair. then I will accept. I will accept it, but I still don't like it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he's got a three ERA this year. And it's in a pretty big sample size. Murph, Murph loved him. Murph loved him from the beginning. Just a locker room yeah. guy. Even when he was bad, Murph was his guy. Murph was Remember in his corner. When Murph told me that Sessa was better than the Wiseaga in the off season. I don't recall that. We did have I them both. We had them both on a Go on their own. The yeah, there's a the roll check call. The there's check a roll the call. So I, I'm I'm very cool with that. I'm very cool with doing a swap. I think that's the only way you bring somebody off is you have to put somebody on. And I think Wani Peralta, if you guys are okay with that, we can do a majority rule here. It has to be unanimous. So all in favor of Wandy Peralta being sent to the sun and Luis Sessa returning from the sun. Say aye. 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 Okay. Quinn, there you have it. So still don't like him. All right, that's fine, but he's not on the sun anymore. So he's not on the sun. He's like in a spaceship tumbling towards Earth. So the next question comes to us from KGLock27. He said the Yankees are not re-signing Chapman after next year, even if he's still considered elite. Murph? Does, wait, is, is re-signing a role this Chapman? Yeah. Isn't his contract not up? After next year? I haven't, I haven't looked into that. but I thought we had him for like... Like a lot of didn't years. we just re-sign him in the yeah, offseason? We like, didn't we pick him. up like three more years? I'm looking it up right now. I am too. I mean, if he's a free agent at the end of next year, which I'm pretty sure he's not, then yeah, I guess we wouldn't. We just signed him for a three-year. Okay, he has one more year left. Yeah. So at, at 2022 oh, is his last year. So after the 20, he's saying after the 2022 <laughs> season, he's making 18 million there. He's yeah, saying that we don't pick him up. Not, no, not we have. No, we got Lewisaga. That's what they're grooming him for. I've been saying it since the yeah. offseason, and you guys no, shit on me for it, that we're grooming Lewisaga to be the next closer. If he keeps this pace, like, sorry, Chapman, you had a great career, but bye-bye, Lewisaga's Yeah, he'll go guy. pitch somewhere else for two years, be mediocre, and then he'll be done. Great He's going to go pitch for somebody like the fucking, mm, <laughs> like the Giants. Somebody just random yeah. that's sometimes good. He's Angel. also going to be 35 that year, too, so I'm fully on board with not bringing him back that year. Not, not bringing him back, no way. Can we take a second real quick to talk about how much you guys shit on me for saying Loisaga is being groomed to be the next closer? Like it's still not set in stone. I could I don't see think it's, set in, it's not set in stone, but like all signs point to it. And when I said it, I like I thought you guys were going to like block my phone number. Okay, but we we've <laughs> seen yeah, it was close, but we've seen 
people look fucking absolutely dominant. Chapman, right, this this fucking very year. He was very dominant, and then he can flip the script to be very bad. And we've seen Loisga struggle himself. So right now, you don't look like an idiot, but in a month, you very well could. So that's where I, I, where I sit with that. I think I said no to that because I thought if he did pitch well, he would wind up back in the starting rotation before he wound up in the closing role. But now, obviously, know, you're looking man. pretty right. I'm just saying you guys you guys are pretty unnecessarily mean about it. <laughs> well, I apologize for being mean. Sorry, we hurt your feelings. <laughs> yeah. My so, feelings are great. I'm in high spirits. I'm just saying. Even my dog's pissed off. That's why he's barking in the background. Sure. So Jam- next question comes to us from Edison Vicari. Jameson Tyone becomes our best pitcher in the second half. Chandler, what do you think? Uh, gigantic sell, but I love the name. It sounds like a great like classical musician. Who, Edison Vicari? Yeah, doesn't that sound like a like world-class yeah. violinist? Yes, yeah, he does. does. Edison, if you are a big violinist, we'd love to hear a little bit of a piece if you could send it in to us. So, Please do. I, I'm selling that, too. I think he, he had a good start last start, but that is not enough for me. What was his line in his last start? Seven innings pitch, nine Ks, and a couple hits and like a run. That's great, but you know, look, I'm not. That's not going to move the needle for me at all. I'm not denying he can be a dominant starter. I think I am. Yeah, I think down the road, I think yeah. I mean, he's missed two years. I think he could be a good rotation piece for us eventually. But I don't think any sort of consistency. I don't think you can expect any sort of consistency and depth in his starts right now. And hey. Guess what? We still have a guy named Garrett Cole on our rotation. If there's one person I'm betting on to figure it out in the second half, it's probably the guy that's making $324 million and has think- done it and almost won a Cy Young. That being said, for the entire second half, we very we very much could have another pitcher, another two pitchers on this rotation too. So I I wouldn't take Tyone in that in that fight. Even if Barrios is that guy who comes in, I would take Barrios to be the better pitcher than Tyone in the second half. I would take over it too if he were to come back. Depending on the workload, but yeah, I would take Sevy also. I think there's there's a there's some people who won't be on the roster that would I would take over him. So moving, he'll have a better second half. Than, I agree. Than I think he will have a better half. second half too. He, he won't be. Like the I, said, best I think he's going to be solid. I I have not lost total faith in him as far as the long term, but I don't I don't I think the best pitcher on a rotation that's that's a bit. Much. I'm just happy that he's he's still healthy. Knock on wood. But like he's. Kluber, we said this before the season started. They get a they get a bunch of guys that are injury prone, and if one of them or two of them figures it out, then that's it. It worked. So clearly, it's it's working right now, and that was this is this was to be expected. I would prefer that Kluber was the one that stayed healthy because he's better. But you know, how much weight do you put into Tyone's white cleats? They look pretty sharp. None. Next question, <laughs> JC Gun. <laughs> Comes to us saying trading Torres, Frazier, or Andujar for Didi at the deadline. For Didi, I would love to have Didi back, but <laughs> I don't foresee that happening. And I think Frazier is useless. In if a you trade. could trade Clint straight up for Didi, I would take it in a heartbeat. I don't think Although, any of those are going to happen. You said that to me four months ago, I would have laughed you out of the room. I love Didi, man. I love. I mean, Didi I he was my favorite player on the Yankees. He was mine too. Not even a question. Dude, this is Damon my biggest Sue. birthday present I ever bought to myself was a signed Didi jersey sitting right above my desk at all times. I don't think Didi will ever be on the Yankees again, but I do wish he would be because I miss him. Next question comes to us from Matt Villa or Via. 
you want to however you want to pronounce that. Uh, but Matt says the Yankees will have the best record in the AL in the second half of the season. Sell. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sell that one as well. There are plenty good teams in the AL, and we don't seem like we're one of them now. If you asked me in the beginning of the season if that could happen, hell yeah, I'd be I'd be ecstatic about that answer. I'd be very much telling you that that is the case. But the White Sox are in that camp. The Red Sox, I think, I feel like will slow down. Uh, the Rays are damn good. I would take the White Sox probably to, I mean, to fuck even the Blue Jays. Yeah, all know. of our threats right now are basically in the East. I mean, you got the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Red Sox. Obviously not the Orioles, but then you have the White Sox and you have the A's and the Astros. Like, no, nah, I just don't. Well, to put it in perspective here, we're gonna we're gonna need just about that to uh, to make a serious playoff push. We're gonna need to be the best record in in the AL in the second half. If you isolate first half, second half, not just overall record, we need that. That's something we need. So I'm hoping for that, and I, that's that's obvious. But you know, I, I don't I don't foresee it happening, especially after being one hit tonight by uh by a rookie next question comes to us from our boy tom sinertia shout out tom he said the 2017 team was more fun to root for than 2018 through 2021 combined expectation wise murph yeah absolutely i'm buying that that was my favorite year except for 2009 to be a yankees fan yeah that was a fun year totally buying and that's all i gotta give you for that one thumbs down for those who are audio only people check out the youtube for Chandler's thumbs. That's the, uh, <laughs> that's the Todd Frazier DD twenty seventeen team. If if you didn't get that, that's Greg Bird hitting the fucking nuke in in Cleveland uh, too. That was that was a fun team. That because that team here's the thing they had no expectations. They were still a rebuilding team, and I think that's more fun as a Yankee fan than being a favorite because we're just gonna be let down. That year we had no plans on doing anything. We still went to the ALCS and fucking did the damn thing, came back against Cleveland. So that was fucking fun, and I fully am calling you safe on that one, Mr. Tom. Thank you for the question. Next question comes to us from Ryan underscore Mecca. The Tim LeCastro double on the almost ground out was the most exciting play of the year. Chandler, what do you think? Uh... I mean, I'm trying to think of a rebuttal to that right now, and I just can't, so I'll buy it. What other exciting plays have there been this year? I mean, not many. We actually have, like, the third most walk-offs or something ridiculous like that, and I just, this seems so unfucking just they're so boring that I can't even remember them. It's like walk-off wild pitches, so... I mean, Tim LaCastro, Tim LaCastro has been great. I can't even, I can't say anything bad about him. And I, I'll say it again and again. I shit on Tim LaCastro when we traded for him. He's always got an open invite to tell me how bad I am at my job. All right. And that honestly could probably take us right into our first voicemail, which is about Tim LaCastro. So here's the first call. Oh, boy. Well, like your first read. This is Nelly calling from the Beehive State, Utah. I apologize if you can hear any of my fans going on. As you know, it is hot as balls everywhere. Um, it's true. Just wanted to call on here and ask uh, what y'all think of uh, Tim Castro now. Uh, y'all were y'all were shitting on him because um, <laughs> when uh, they picked him up. So, um, any thoughts? Um, reg- regret? Any regret? 
enjoy listening to the pod. What up, guys? You're doing a great job. As always, appreciate the call. I think Nelly it was uh, 914-469-2168. If you want to call in, let us know your name, where you're from. Uh, I don't have any regrets, and I think we, we mentioned it a bunch of times on this episode, but I'll start off by saying I think the Tim LaCastro hate was a little – it wasn't directed at Tim LaCastro. On paper, he looked like a pretty fucking damn bad player, and he still is. He's having a good couple of games. He's betting 333. He's hustled doubling it. He's, he's, he's a fast guy. He looks exciting. All that stuff, that's going to taper off. Maybe it won't. Maybe he's going to be lightning in a bottle for us. That'd be great. But the reason for us shitting on him, at least for me personally, I don't know about you guys, but I just was, it was misdirected anger that happened to just hit Tim LeCastro. He happened to be in the crosshairs. He was the first guy to come on to the Yankees via trade or whatever it may have, may have been after we've been shitting at the, on the ownership to make a move. And Tim LeCastro ain't the diamond crown jewel that we wanted. We wanted something they could actually get excited about and make us think this team is going to turn it around and that management wants to spend money. So that's why we got so mad at, I guess, Tim LeCastro ended up being the unfortunate target on that one. But, I mean, I he's been great, and I, I'm not going to... That was a one-time thing, shitting on Tim LeCastro. It's not going to be a yeah. continuous, this guy sucks, because like, I have no expectations for him. It's just he wasn't Max Scherzer, or he wasn't no, a big move, I mean, you know? Yeah, no, I was recent. never... I was never upset. Like, I wasn't never upset at Tim LeCastro. It was the fact that we're looking, we're reeling. At the time we trade for him, we've lost, like, four of five or six of seven, whatever it was, we're all looking for a real center fielder. Cause the Yankees are just embarrassing Brett Gardner every night. Like they're just giving him there. I mean, it's sad. It's just sad. And we're looking for a true center fielder and you bring in Tim fucking LeCastro, oh, a team that's got like 13 lefties and you get the one righty when we don't have a single lefty on the team. And it's just too easy to be upset at it. His name could have been any, I don't care who the player was. It's not the fact that it's Tim LaCastro. If it was any player outside of that select few center center fielders we wanted, we would have shit on him. So I have absolutely zero regrets. On paper, he was a dog shit player. He's been fine so far. He's not going to be like the World Series MVP or anything. But so far, he's been great. I have no complaints. I think he fills a couple of gaps that we needed. He's, He's fast. He's a pretty decent fielder, you know and whatnot, but he's just kind of the most recent in what feels like grabbing at straws, hoping to find some little diamond in the rough on little transactions this year. We did it with Dietrich, Jay Bruce, remember him? Uh, <laughs> like Maldonado, Odor was that, like uh, Wandy Peralta with the Talkman deal. Like, we're just kind of grabbing at straws, waiting for somebody small to somehow pop off and be good. Like, it's happened before in the past, so it's not the craziest thing in the world. That's what happened with DJ LeMahieu. But and Luke just Boyd. in general, he doesn't and Geo and Geo. So if like only yeah, Giovanni Sh- or Shella could hit. That's my is favorite article. That guy is he going to be Geo or Shella? Probably not. But I don't hate the deal. We didn't really give anything up for him, and right now he's doing a job. So yeah, I agree. I, I think it, I think if this move came after some bigger moves, I would have been like, fuck yeah, let's get one of those last piece guys to do a yeah, job. Why not? Like, why not? Just, like, yeah. welcome in Tim LeCastro. But because he was the first of the moves, I'm thinking to myself, 
that's it. Like, that's what we're doing. This is the fix because he's not going to fix this team overnight. It's been great, but and appreciate the call, Nelly. Very much appreciate anybody who wants to send a call in, 914-469-2168. Next call comes to us about the Otani situation. Brandon from New York. I got a great question here. If Shohei Otani chose the New York Yankees over the Angels, where would this team be right now with his bat and his pitching? Keep up the good work, boys. Appreciate the call, Brandon. Uh, I, that's a good question. So Otani was obviously thinking about coming to New York, but apparently he was scared off and he didn't he didn't want to do the big media thing, which he's in Los Angeles. I don't really get that at all, but you know. I guess it's not the Dodgers, so whatever. They're fucking close. Who cares? But what do you guys think? We would have won. How many years has he been around? Three? We would have won four World Series in that time. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, uh, like he—that's the kind of player that completely changes the direction of your franchise. So Miguel Andujar still would have won the Rookie of the Year, but other than that, <laughs> we would have had all um, three, all three Rookie of the Year. I really and truly, though, if he came here, I don't know. That, I mean, how can you? You just can't predict that. It's a whole different market. You have Sonny Gray, who's a fucking animal in Oakland. He's and not in- Sonny Gray. I know. I'm just. I mean, he pitched one game in New York and gave up seven and two thirds. He also hit two home runs, though. But he's also he, but he's a generational talent like that. Where like, I'm just saying, you can't predict it. Like, baseball. I think hitting wise, he would take advantage of the short ports like nobody's fucking business, and he'd he be. Even need to. He hits it out by sixty feet. But I know he's dude. He's fast too. That's he what steals bags. Way off, dude, way off topic, but he's fucking quick. That's that dude completely on topic, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, not as far as what you, I mean, we're asking like home runs and ERA and shit like that, but he's fast as fuck. Well, that's something the boys need. He's got 12 stolen bases a year. He has a 5.6 war. Just 12? <laughs> what do the, the Yankees have total, like 18 stolen bases and Otani has 12? 80. I can look that up right now. Keep talking, though. I'll look it I up. I swear it's Talk- 18. Dude. Mike Talkman has half our stolen bases still, and he hasn't been on the team. In yeah, he's now. on the fucking Giants. And Mike Talkman was hitting like 130. So do with that what you may. No, that that's the kind of guy where like imagine, just imagine he was on the Yankees. Dude, even just as a DH. Like I mean, I know we've got our DH filled for the next four hundred years, but the Yankees have eighteen stolen bases. Boom. Told you. And Otani's got twelve. Yeah, so that that's kinda wild. I'm I'm just honestly blown away that he has a five point six war already. He's got a one seventy eight OPS plus. Yeah, man. Baseball powerhouse. Yeah, I I think he's absolutely somebody who can change this team around. You know, and, and when you have a guy like that who's doing both things, that that's something that I have no problem saying bye bye bye. He's obviously I don't I don't know how much he's making. Do you guys know how much he's making? I mean, I, mean, I think he's making a lot actually. He made like the biggest posting fee ever, but I think there's a limit on what. You oh, he's making pay. he's making three million. I was gonna say, there's a limit on what you can pay. You most of the international signings max out on the posting fee. I think they paid him like fifty six million on the posting fee, and then he makes like a three million salary. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, for the for the purpose of the question, I think we're in a very different spot. I agree with Murph. Next I question. Just, my only thing is, real quick on him, I don't know where you put him offensively because we have such a big commitment to Stanton. I you can 
send stand to the sun. You figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I totally agree. Five days. I don't care. I totally agree. I'm just saying. I, I, I think no it's, pitches, it's an but... interesting question. That's all. It's an interesting scenario if he were to do it. If Stan were in this on the same team as Shohei Otani, I personally would just eat that Stan contract. Let him I ride, ride pine for a tub of orange slices. If it or put Stan in left field, tell him to nut the fuck up and play exactly. in the field. It'd be the next Bobby Benilla contract, but like, who cares? We'll pay him. We'll like have a holiday. Like, oh, it's Stan's owed third thirty million dollars this year. How fun is that? Or it's it's like Chris Davis. You count the years off the contract. So next call. What's up, guys? Love the pod. Um, Appreciate you. Terrence. I'm calling from Miami. I'm here for the summer for work. Uh, but let's get right to it. Uh, my hot take, or hot take, I guess, is the only scenario I would trade Judge is depending on a couple of things, obviously. So if the Yankees decide they're going to be sellers at the deadline and they're going to you know, blow this team up and, and rebuild, I think this is what they should do if they trade Judge. And I know I speak for a lot of Yankee fans where I would not want to trade Judge personally. I'd love to see him be a Yankee and sign a contract here as a free agent and stuff. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So the only way I would trade Judge is I'd call up San Francisco and I would tell them you can have Judge, but you have to have Stanton as well. And I believe that Stanton would waive his no trade as well. Um, I think the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, were one of the teams that he originally said he would go to when he was in Miami. And uh, I think Aaron is from the Bay Area as well, Judge. So, you know, that would be a good fit for him. They don't really have any power bats. They're a contender. I don't think their payroll is actually that high. And in terms of return, I mean, it really depends what you're going for. Uh, I guess you could ask for Yastrzemski who would probably just slide in right in the right field. He's a lefty bat. Um, but, you know, you'd like to have some young pieces come back as well, like some prospects and stuff, and that would be nice. But, you know, obviously if you don't give them Stanton, then the price will get a lot higher. Um, but I think that that's really the only scenario I'd give up judges is giving up Stanton as well because, you know, they're both good players and they're both they're both really good players. And we all know that Stanton can be great when he's right, but, you know, that contract is just going to be horrific. So that is the only way I'd trade judges. All of San Francisco, tell them you can have judge, but you got to have Stanton as well. And I really think Stanton would probably wait at no trade as well to go there. So let me know what you guys think. Love the call. Appreciate the call. Me and Chandler kind of mentioned this. I, I definitely meant, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, <laughs> but uh, I I thought personally, if if he were to be traded, I think the one place that makes so much sense is San Francisco. And I'm not necessarily saying I want that, but San Francisco has such a low payroll. They are clearly a contender this year. He could, he's a player. And if it were to work out this way, the way Terrence is talking about it, if it was Stan and him coming over there, you got to take both. I don't necessarily know the logistics of how that would work because I guess we're just eating the contract, getting a little bit a much a much smaller return because you're eating the contract. We get like your Stremski and that's it. I think that would honestly potentially work. I don't know if I would like that. You're just eating a contract to eat it. I think I'd rather have Stan on the team. As bad as the contract is, it's worse if you're just paying it for nothing. So I don't know. I but I do think set judge to San Fran makes a lot of sense. It makes so Excellent. much sense. To me, because they're contenders, and I think he could he could really fucking help them. And he is from the he is from the Bay Area. I don't hate it. I mean, if you're gonna trade Judge, 
That I mean, I never even considered that, honestly, like packaging Stanton with him. I don't know where he fits in in San Francisco because he's a perennial DH if they go to the Stanton? Uh, DH. Yeah. They, like, that's all he can do. If they if they get the DH in the National League, then, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I don't know. I kind of like it. If you're going to do it, do it that way. And Yastrzemski would be a big piece. And I know you're saying if you're just eating the contract just to eat it. But think of how much that frees having a DH spot. Like it, Oh, I thought I, you were saying money-wise. Yeah, it doesn't free anything. Eating the contract no, 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 just no, no, to no, eat no, it no. is not a good thing. Like, no, we, no, we keep no. talking about how bad this contract is. It is awful if you're just straight up. That that would be Bobby Vanilla-esque. We're just actually paying money for nobody that's not even helping us. Like, when the, when the Red Sox were paying fucking Pablo Sandoval to just do nothing. Like, that's the type of thing, except times 30, because it's 30 million versus the, like, one that they're paying. It's just, it's bad, but we have to keep him on the team. If he is yeah, no. sent out there. I'm saying it frees up, like, lineup options. If that's what's weighing you down and you think that's what can make, I don't think that's what makes the difference. It's not the one hitter. We have a lot of problems top to bottom. But if that's something, a step you want to make and you're going to trade judge, that does, I guess, give you flexibility in the DH role. So there's there's a positive side of that. I don't know if you want to be, there's a positive to trading judge who is supposed to be your franchise cornerstone and the, you know, the icon of New York, but. Well, one more thing before, Murph, you go. I, I was just to say, the one thing about the contract, too, that I think Terrence was trying to get at is that if you're packaging Stanton on there, like, if you were to trade Judge straight up, I think you get a good you get a good haul, for sure, because it's Judge. But if you're packaging both of them, they eat the contract, then you're getting a very small return, but you're getting a, a contract off the books. So, like I was saying about eating the contracts to eat it, that, that wouldn't happen in that sense. Now, you brought up a good point, though, Chandler, with the not being a DH. I think that automatically nullifies the Stanton thing, but I would entertain the judge to the San Fran thing. Murph, what do you got? So they were talking about it. I think it was on the Michael K show today. Um, I definitely had heard the judge and Stanton to San Francisco. Uh, Michael K wasn't on today. He's on vacation, but um, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> you uh, wanted to say that so bad. No, but, they were like, who are you really going to get back if you're giving Aaron Judge up to San Francisco? Like, they really don't. Like, Yastrzemski's old. He's like 32. What? I don't, I don't know what his. Yastrzemski yes. is not 32. Yes, like yes, he's old. He's older than you think. Dude, he is. you're so wrong. There's no way. I could have sworn he was way older than we thought he was. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Look up his age right now. I am. I'm pretty sure he's like old. He's 30. All right, Holy so. shit! I thought he was exactly. like twenty four. That is no. old, actually. So, that is yeah, mad old. old. I thought he. I literally thought he was like twenty four, as I was, Murph. And yeah. So anyway, as he's you were, not, he's not a great return. I don't know who they have in the farm system, but I can't think of any of their prospects off the top of my head, except Joey Bart. Right? He's he's San Francisco. Yeah, the catcher there. Um, I don't know otherwise, and like. I just I don't know. Like it's maybe if it's Judge and Stanton, we can get something decent. In return. We get Talkman back in addition to get off <laughs> Stanton off the contract. But like if we're just giving Judge to San Francisco without short of trading us their entire farm system, I don't know what we're gonna get. Like I don't see Judge going there by himself. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. The more we talk about it, the more it really it 
The only thing that would make a lot of sense to me is if they were both paired together to go to a team and it was a salary dump and we don't get much in return, but we lost the contract and we are now flexible enough to spend money, but they don't have a DH. So that throws everything out the window. Because like I, like you said, now the judge thing alone doesn't really make sense because it's not, I don't, from what I know, they don't really have that many good prospects. I could be completely wrong and I probably am. And if they do have great prospects, then then that's worth worth talking about. But when you when you think of pod prospects, I would want I would want Mike Stremsey if he was twenty six, not if he's thirty. Like I want a, a MLB ready player who's we we could still retool like we did in twenty seventeen and be good yeah, relatively soon mind. after. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, Absolutely blew my mind. I thought he was like twenty four in the league that long. I know. That's why I yeah. literally. I thought he was a young call. I thought he was like Juan Soto esque with the call up. No. Yeah, I see that now. I'm not I fucking honestly moron. Think he was older than thirty. Because <clears throat> I remember being shocked when I found that out. I think it was from MLB the Show. I figured it out or something. I mean, good, goodness me. At the rosters, but like, yeah, he's old for somebody like older than he's seen. All right, I wanted to end this show on two things. One, a little factoid that I thought was wild that Dan Rourke put out that judge and Stanton since judge's rookie year, not Jenkins, judge, judge and, and trout, trout, not Troy, Troy, <laughs> judge and trout since judge's rookie year have played the exact same amount of games, which I think is wild. And that is just kind of puts things in perspective. Trout doesn't get any shit for being injury prone and you know, judge is just in the limelight. So maybe that, I don't know, something to think about. Maybe, uh, Pump the brakes on the injury-prone judge conversation. And one thing I want to leave everybody off on before we send you over, if you want to keep on listening. I know this is a bit of a long episode combined with the trivia, but we did do trivia, Beat the Boys, right after this. We pre-recorded it, but right after this, we will have Beat the Boys, and it will be Stephen G. Versus, I forgot what to say. Stephen G. Good. versus us, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So if you want to join in on that we'll tell you how to do it once you turn that part on but i'll leave you with one last thing and that is john sterling uh fucking up the call yesterday which was great now here is judge man the breaking ball is hit in the air to deep left that ball is high it is far it is gone unfortunately that was a replay of the home run but it was a good replay Hey, I'm sorry. It's on the monitor. What what, what am I supposed to do? This is a great way to do a game, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Step in. This is Jeopardy! All right, that was the intro. Welcome back to the second half of the episode on Friday. I think is when we're going to put this out. But this is the first game of Beat the Boys. It's a little bit of a fun trivia game that we're going to be doing whenever the fuck we want to, honestly. We don't really have a set time we're going to do it. But we decided to do this because the Yankees suck, and this would be fun to do not only now, since they're terrible, and we don't want to beat a dead horse by talking about the same thing, but in the offseason, we'll probably do a lot more of this. But... This is the first episode of it. We'll do more of it based on you guys. Let us know if you like it or not. And if you want to challenge us going forward, actually, I'll read the rules right now. So, like I said, another episode of Beat the Boys. And today we were going to do 
Chandler and Murph are going to go against Steve and G, the notorious callers in the voicemail line. If you guys want to be a contestant on the show, you can do that by going into our Instagram. There's a little highlight thing. You swipe up, fill out the, uh, fill out the what's it called? Google Where form. You fill out the Google form and, uh, yeah, fill it out. Good luck. I think all you have to do, we decided, was either leave a review on iTunes or subscribe to the YouTube at Bronx Pinstripes. But all the information is there for you. If you want to join and do what Stephen G are doing next time, go ahead and do that. I'll run through the rules real quick. Basically, it's easy. So Damon's going to pick a baseball movie, and whoever guesses the Rotten Tomatoes score the closest is going to go first. And I don't know what movie he picked yet, but we'll find out in a second. And there'll be 15 questions plus a final Jeopardy. Whoever has the most points at the end of those 15 questions wins. There is also a daily double mix in there, which is just two points right there. You'll have 30 seconds to answer them once the question's read aloud. If the team gets it wrong, then the other team has the chance to steal that point. They'll still get their regular turn after that, and that'll be that. And our listeners, for next game, you can always send in your questions by replying to the story post when we put them up the day before, sending a DM to Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to do, or emailing us at the161podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to include your name and where you're from so we can shout you out. So... Steve G, it's nice to, nice to put a face to the to the name on the phone calls. Everybody's been hearing you; they've been requesting you, so we had to get you guys on here. How you guys feeling? Feeling great, boys. Thank you for having us. Sorry, feeling good. I'm ready. The movie is Angels in the Outfield. Ooh. So we'll give the challengers first guess at this for the Rotten Tomatoes score. So what would you say, Angels in the Outfield Rotten Tomatoes score? And don't fucking look it up. Uh, nine. Nine? nine. Out of a hundred? Uh, what is it? Do, do, no. do you guys uh, want to, like, confer as a team? Before I think you you're thinking I am. I'm going to go 45. All right, 45 is a little bit better of, a, right. better of a score. What is it? What's the, what's the, it's what's out of a hundred. Oh, no, we got to go higher. Can we redo? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Steve already redid. All you right. thought it was out of a 10? No, Steve, Steve, Steve. That's a great movie. It's got to be high 90s. Yeah. I'd say ninety-five. <laughs> Want to do ninety-five? Yeah. Wow, that's like that's like Toy Story territory getting into right now. All right, Chandler, I, 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 I got to be lower number, than that. I got a number in my head. You tell me what you think. Dude, it's I'm, just got to be lower than that. I'm going so six. Like, I'm thinking six. No, no, no. Let's let's think this strategically. Time out. We're not saying sixty-three. <laughs> we're thinking of this strategically. We got to be closer. So we're gonna say eighty-eight. I mean, because it's just got to be lower. All right. So eighty-eight for the boys. And what'd you guys say? Okay. You you sticking with 90. nine or are you going with <laughs> You feeling ninety five, Steve? Cut that what was the Rotten Tomatoes? Thirty three. Thirty three What? I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah but nine, nine was a good movie, but like Yeah, what, nine would have won it. That's pretty crazy. Well cinematic <laughs> experts oh my are gonna God. consider it a good movie. Probably not. Should have kept nine. I mean, it is kind of cheesy, but... I mean, Steve was, I was pretty close like with 45. No, I definitely thought it was down in the 60s, but on the off chance, it was, like, clo- like if it was closer than, like, in the mid-70s, then 60 might have screwed... Or if it was in the 80s, then it would have screwed us, because they had 95. So if we go just a little lower... First question, going to the boys of 161st Street. Better not fuck this up, but the first question is... Before the Nationals in 2019, who is the most recent wildcard team to win the World Series? Bonus if you can tell me how many wildcard teams have done it. So, confer amongst yourselves. Can we talk like out here? Are we texting. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm going the Giants. That's what I'm thinking. I, I don't know the answer to be honest with you. I, I think it's the Giants. Do Giants? Give me the year? No. The team. Okay, yeah, I'm going. You want to go Giants? It's fine with me. And right. do you want to take a guess at how many have done it for a bonus one point? Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Wait a second. Weren't the Cubs a wild card team? Not when they won it. They won. Not the, when they won it. They right, blew the Central out when they won. Time it. is it. up. So no, no guesses for how many have done it. Seven. Wow. The answer is seven oh and the Giants. Wow. Holy no shit! Way. Somebody was cheating, and that is two hundred points to start the game for the boys at One Sixty First Street. Work has been cut out for them for Stephen G. Wow. Next question. Kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. So this one, there will be no point stealing going on here. We're just gonna move it along to Steve and G. So next question to you guys is: Mike Trout was tied for the MLB lead with eight All-Star selections in the decade from 2010 to 2019. Who else did the same? Hint: There are two. Hey, Steve, what are we feeling, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm believing. Uh oh. 2010 to 2019. I'm going to go. Oh, oh. Steve, what about okay. G? Um what about Derek? 2010 and 2019. <laughs> I don't think oh, that's statistically God. possible, guys. Yeah, tw- <laughs> to 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time is expired. Any, like any last Buster? guess? Ozzy? That's a good guess. Ooh, good that's guess. a good guess. Yadi Molina Yachty. and Clayton oh. Kershaw. Wait, we have a chance <laughs> oh fuck! You're right. I forgot. Because I was gonna. Say, I had Kershaw in my head. You're right. Oh I forgot. God. That is on me. That is on me on that one. Damn. Going forward, you would have the the right to steal that. I'm gonna just assume that you weren't gonna get that. But I mean, Yadi. I was gonna say Kershaw, and I was gonna say Verlander. Oh, it wasn't. I think the Posey guess is a good one, though. He's yeah, probably he's probably pretty Buster. close. What Yachty. a fucking goof out of New York. <laughs> what by me? No. Yeah, by you. <laughs> Whatever. The New York corporate office over here is fucking up. Yeah, Studio Four fucking up out here. I didn't. I didn't think Yacht Well, you get the next question. <laughs> so now the next question goes to the boys of One Sixty First Street again. So, the Yankees broke the record for most separate IL stints in a season. How many were there? I think I know it. Oh, I got two numbers geez. in my head. I'm thinking either twenty-seven or thirty-three. I had thirty-two in my head. What are we going with? It's, I think it's more than 20, 30. You want to go? Okay, that's not an answer. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. 15 seconds. Uh, I'm feeling pretty confident on 32, but it could easily be 33. Uh, go lock in 32 then. Make sure you don't show us if it's wrong. I won't. Lock that in. is. Incorrect. So, Stephen G, the steal goes to you guys. What do you think? How many IL stints were there for the Yankees in uh, in that faithful year? Steve, <laughs> I'm thinking 30. Think I got this. What do you think? Feeling? I got this. What is it? Thinking 30. I'm thinking I was feeling 30. 20, 29. But if you want to lock in 30, oh fuck, dude. 30. I don't know. Third, 29 okay. or 30. What are we going with? That's what I was thinking. But 30? You want to go 29? <laughs> what are you feeling? <laughs> Tell me what your gut's feeling, kid. 
I'm really, I'm really feeling 29. You're feeling, t- we're going 29. 29. <laughs> going with answer. fucking number 29. That is incorrect. The answer is 36. Fuck. Wow. <laughs> Tough year for the Yanks that year. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Did that include I, didn't, I did not think it was that high. I don't Damn. think, no, that was by, I think that number was by August. So it honestly may have been higher than 36. that. Yeah, that was a tough That's year a for the Yanks. That's years. crazy. All right, next question goes to the boys of 161st no, Street. it goes to Stephen G. No. Oh, that was Dude, a steal. Just... All right, relax. I got a lot, a lot going on. I got a lot going on being the host here. All right, so the next question still goes to Stephen G because that was a steal. My bad. The rules are a little complex, which is why I need to read them before. So next question goes to Stephen G. It's pretty difficult to lead the MLB in strikeouts for one decade. This Hall of Famer did it for two decades consecutively. Hint, from the 1990 to 2009 consecutive decades. So 20 years. Each season? Yes. What? Gotta be a slugger. What do you mean a slugger? No, 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 not, not, okay, I can see what you mean. Pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. It's a pitcher. (laughs) I know what you meant. That that should have been, yeah. Oh my God. Fuck it. We'll give you an extra 10 seconds. We got you. We'll give you a little bit more time. Because that was a little bit unfair. Steve, what are you feeling? 1990. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to go Randy Johnson. Is that what uh, we're going with? Oh, Steve. No, I don't think so. I'm giving it to him. That was no, Randy no, Johnson. No, let's go, Steve. Don't let's talk go, him out baby. of it, G. Don't let's talk him out of it. You guys need the oh, points. Every year. Good shit, huh? baby. It wasn't every no, year. No, he, he led the two decades <laughs> consecutively. Oh, okay. Like, when you look at the 20... <laughs> when you look at 1990 to 1999, he led. And when you also look at... 19, when you look at 1999 to 2009, he also led. 2000 to 2009. That was a little weirdly, but... Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say... I was uh, thinking what you were thinking, Murph. That was my guess, too, Murph. All right. That is 100 points for Steve and G. They're on the board. Let's go, baby. Gee, don't try, don't try to talk him out of it next time. When he, when the I kid's know, got it, he's got to shoot from the hip like that. No, run the board, run the board. He's got it. All right. So now it goes back to the boys. <laughs> Been a little quiet over there, the boys. So next question goes to you guys. Jacob DeGrom was the 11th pitcher to win back-to-back Cy Young Awards. Who was the first to do it? And bonus for every single additional person that you can name that has done it twice, back, back-to-back. Good God. The first person ever? What do you think about Bob Gibson? Was the Cy Young around back then? That's, That's a, a good, good question. question. I don't know. That's a historian question right there that Murph would know. I don't know. Bob Gibson, Clayton Kershaw's done it. Two people, yeah, Kershaw did Scherzer's it. Scherzer's done it. Scherzer did it. Did Verlander? Verlander did not. Um, so if you don't know the the first person to do it, you can make your money doing the bonus. You get a hundred for every edition. You don't have to get the first one right. Well, actually, yeah, you do. No, you I'm wrong. You got to get that's a right. bonus. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> right you get that first. Bob is a good guess, but I don't know if Cy Young existed then. I don't know when it started. I don't know. Uh, what are we locking are in? We are we out of time? Yes. Yes. You might as well say Bob Gibson. I don't have another answer. I don't think he was around then, but we'll lock it in. That was what we said. Incorrect, Damon. Do the honors. 
All right, Stephen G, you guys have an opportunity to steal this one. Who did it first? Who was the first pitcher to win back-to-back Cy Youngs just like Jacob deGrom did? Steve. Steve. Sandy Koufax. Steve, hold on. I'm not going to double-chant you, but you know Cy Young's a pitcher, right? Yeah. So what if Cy Young won the first back-to-back Cy Young? No, 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 no. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Steve rock here, and I'm gonna let him know that he is correct with wow. Sandy Koufax. But now I'm not gonna flip it over yet. You're a fucking beast. <laughs> I think Steve may or may not be cheating. We don't know. We'll have to get him uh, checked Steve, out. You're a monster kid. So that'll give you guys 100 points. But now you guys are into bonus territory. If you guys want to guess any additional pitchers that you think have ever done it, you get 100 for each one of them. But I'll. Hirsch? But I'll give, you, I'll give you three guesses, though, because that would be a little bit crazy. So three guesses for the bonus. We'll cap it out. Steve, how you feeling? Kirsch, Verlander. Um, you want to try? Uh, we need three names. Let's throw three names out there. Kershaw? Kershaw, Verlander, one more. Who are you feeling? Max Scherzer? Okay, Kirsch. Ooh. What's yeah, your... yeah, yeah. That's the final answer, oh, yeah. those three? So you said Kershaw, Verlander, and Scherzer? Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. So I already awarded you the 100 points, but now that you got into bonus territory, mm-hmm. Scherzer and Kershaw work. Yeah. So that's 200 that's cool, more points, but you didn't okay, get okay. Verlander did not do it. Other correct answers okay. would have been Randy Johnson. Would have been a good guess. Pedro Martinez. Yep. Maddox. Jim Palmer and Danny McLean didn't expect anybody to get those ones. But Sandy did do it first, so that will get the boys on the board. The other boys, that is. So, Steve and G are currently in the lead. I do want to remind you, Steve, that there are penalties for looking them up. I'm not, I'm not saying you are, but just in case, maybe you are a computer. But we'll see. We're not, we're not, we're not the Astros. All right. No, just, no. Just making sure, Steve. Oh, okay. well, you, so you are you are a computer then. So next question. This was a steal, right? <laughs> yeah. So Steve. So Steve and G are back up. Let's Round go, two Steve. is on, starting baby. up. We do have ten more questions in the final Jeopardy left. Like I will remind you guys. Like I said before, there's double Jeopardy mix in there as well. Next question for Steve and G. Oh, this question. player used to piss on his hands during cold weather games to keep them from hardening up with the cold air. There are two acceptable answers. I know for a fact Murph knows this answer. I know Murph knows this answer. Steve, you got a clue? Piss on his piss on his hands, kid. Who pissed um, on their hands? It's gotta be a pitcher, no? It's a batter. <laughs> Who would do something? It's gotta be a pitcher, right? It's a hitter. Oh fuck. Hey, Trebek, quit with the fucking hands. <sighs> And time is up. Oh, time is God, up. What um, do we got? Fucking Barry Bonds. Barry um, Bonds. Damn. Is that what we're rolling with? Time's up. Steve, what are you feeling? <laughs> got to lock something uh, in here. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be with Barry Bonds. It was yeah. not Barry Bonds. Yeah. Damon, give him the incorrect sound. So we can steal it, boys. 
So I'm pretty sure it was Jorge and Moses Alou. I don't know mm-hmm. Chandler which one. Uh, you I, don't, put out I don't. There. I don't even have a fucking guess. You. I'm more confident <laughs> in Moses Alou. I think. Okay. It's either or, so you could do both. And <laughs> All right. Mr. Murphy got them both right. There is no bonus on this oh, one, but you do get I, the points I did not for that. Put a bonus in there. I don't know because I thought I thought Jorge was pretty obvious. I thought Jorge was obvious. I think that's. Too. Considering this is Danny Ramirez, because that whole outfield situation where he peed in the fucking green monster. Jordan never knew that. Jorge never wore batting gloves. Yeah. He had like get calluses together. I was going to say Chapman because he shit himself (laughs) on the mound. That could go. (laughs) All right. So we gave you the 100 points. We had a close ball game here. So next question this goes to Steve and G. No, no, See, it's it's difficult to keep track of this. You, so, whoever you think it is, it's the other. <laughs> Murph, boost your sound a touch. Figure this it out, question bro. goes to Murph and Chandler. This Hall of Famer had a glass of brandy mixed with Kahlua and Irish whiskey, or Irish cream. Did you already answer the question? Mickey Mantle. Okay, well, I'll I'll listen. I'll, I'll have everybody else listen to it. So, this Hall of Famer had a glass of brandy mixed with Kahlua and Irish cream every morning. The drink became known as the Breakfast of Champions. Murph says Mickey Mantle. Do you agree with him? Mickey Mantle for what it's worth. The answer is definitely Mickey Mantle. That's kind of crazy. There's a, there are some crazy stories about Mickey Mantle out there, and this is definitely one of them. The other one that we posted was about the uh, the dugout oh, that situation. Was great, that was kind of amazing. Mickey Mantle was a treasure, and I wish he was still on this team because that maybe be able to get mm-hmm. the boys going. So that is a tie ball game now. So we're going to go back to Stephen G here. So, Stephen G, next question goes to you guys, and it is our daily double. Damon? Steve, we know this, Steve. It's Steve. I hope you know it. So, who did Sean Mania throw a no-hitter against April 2018? Boston, Boston, Steve? Huh? Was it Boston? Yeah. Yep. All right, they're going with Boston. Boston. This is for 200 points. Yeah, finally. I'm it is up. the Red Sox. Go, baby. That's what I'm talking Boston. about. boy, kid. Would you guys have known that, boys? Mm-hmm. I would not have. I remember where I was when this happened. I was at a, I was at the or a, or a bar when I saw this happen in college. So. Shocker. Wow, I remember that. Imagine that. So, Stephen G, have the lead now. Next question goes to, you'll be my guy. Stephen G. Stephen G again? What? I'm sorry. No, oh, no this goes I, I to... forgot. I forgot. Murph <laughs> did the quick Mickey Mantle one. Yeah. So this goes to the boys again. So next question, Daily Double is out of here. So you guys are coming from behind now. Who was Jorge Posada's best man at his wedding? What? Jeez. I'm gonna say. I'm thinking like Cano. Or... I was gonna say. Pettit. I was gonna say Pettit. All right, let's go with Pettit then. Pettit. Final answer. Yeah, I don't fucking have a guess. On Incorrect. That. Next, Stephen G, have a chance to steal this. Steve, I hope you're thinking over there because I got no fucking clue. Okay. Jeter, maybe? Good guy, Jeter? Good guy, Jeter. Best guy, Jeter. So we're going with? I like Feeling that. it, Steve? Like you that. like that, Steve? Um, Jeter like that? is correct. Oh, with that. Steve, let's go, baby. Steve is confirmed a computer. <laughs> now this one goes back to Steve and G. They have stolen another point. The boys have given it up, and the lead is getting big. 700 to 400 for the folks listening to this on the audio. 
Next question for Stephen G. Again, Carlos Beltran in the 2012 season became the first switch hitter to hit 300 home runs and do what? Oh, I got no, oh. no clue, Steve. This is all you, baby. Hit for the cycle. Uh... Is that what we're going with? Lock it. Lock it Time is up. Put something in. Hit for the cycle. Hit for the cycle. Hit for the cycle. I don't... Incorrect. It's the boys, do oh, you good. guys have an answer? Win a gold glove, maybe? I was thinking, do you yeah. have over 100 from each side? Well, that's a good guess. What are we taking? Or like, you, like, there's no way he had it down the middle 150 and 150, but or or it might have been to have over 150 from each side because he had uh, more than 300. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's right. Lock it in. Let's see it. Is I'm, that what we're going with? I uh, if you want to roll with that, we can roll with it. Damon said, "Sorry, my fire alarm's going off." Uh, uh, okay. Evacuate, are you good? <laughs> no, I'm good. My brother probably just burned something. All right, uh, so that's what we're going with. I don't know what Chandler, what do you think? If you want to roll with that, we can roll with that. You're the stack guy. You're the historian. I'm, I'm, guessing. I'm guessing. I mean, my guess is my guess Three, is gold glove. Two, one, gold glove it is. That is incorrect. Damon, give him the sound. Just steal 300 bases. What the that, was, fuck? that was my guess in my head. That's pretty wild. I didn't know the number. I was going to say steal some amount of bases. I didn't know what the fuck. I didn't know he was, was that fast. Wow! He used to be really fucking fast. <laughs> I didn't know he was that fast. We, we, we remember him as being this like old fuck who just kind of like yeah, swung fast. the bat. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> yes. who's this going to now? Um, now it's going to <laughs> Stephen G. No, now it's Murph and Chandler. No, because Stephen. No, that was a steal. Oh. So Murph and man. Chandler. You guys are up. Whose nickname is the Say Hey Kid? I expect Murph to get this. Willie Mays. All right. I knew Murph knew that. The answer is, in fact, Willie Mays. So that'll put Thank the boys God, we needed that on a board after a long dry spell there. So you guys kind of needed that. But there's not much game left. So you guys need to. Final Jeopardy might be the way to get back in it. But there are four questions remaining. The score is 700 to 500 in favor of the challenger, Stephen G. Next question goes to Stephen G. The curse of the Billy Goat pertained to which MLB franchise? Um. You got a one in thirty shot. Hey. Yeah. Steve looks a little frozen. Alright, let's lock something in. G looks like it might be on you. Steve looks a little frozen unless he's back. Um say the fucking Rangers. It is not the uh, fucking Rangers. So that'd be incorrect. We're gonna go to the stealing segment. What? It's the Cubs, right, Mary? Uh, 
Cubs. Murphy yeah. group gets the Cubs and he gets the points. We got a game here, folks. So the Cubs were the answer. The curse of the Billy Goat. All right. Round three. Here, Murphy. So this goes back to the boys. I got that one. So question goes to Murph and Chandler. What caused Aaron Judge to miss playing time for nearly eight weeks in 2018? What injury was it? Week was 2019. Yeah, the, I think it was the wrist from the uh, hit by pitch. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. It is a fractured right wrist that was against the Royals. I remember that like it was fucking yesterday. That sucked, and that you know what sucked about that? It looked like he wasn't gonna like. It looked like it wasn't a serious, serious injury, and then he ended up fucking missing a very long time. So that sucked, and yeah. So that is. Did I give you the points already? Yeah, right. It should be tied. If you it is absolutely yeah. tied, so I did not give you the points. I'll give you the points. 700 to 700. We got two questions left in Final Jeopardy. Didn't know this one was going to be a barn burner, but I guess it is. So next question now goes to Stephen G. In the famous home run chase of 1998, who came in third with 56 home runs? Damn, bro. Third. I know this one. Just throw it out there. Oh, third. 56 home Eight. Uh, uh, um, it's a pretty big question here, boys. I know oh, Murph knows fuck, it. Um, Let's hear an answer. Yeah. Time is up. Steve, I, I don't know. Maybe Griffey? Uh, who is? Are you are you saying it in the who is fashion? You may get an extra hundred points for that. Oh, chill. Yeah. Who is Griffey? Confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Lock it in. The answer is in Wrong fact Griffey? Ken Griffey Jr. That is Let's a big. Go, that is big. Every go, baby. Because I feel like right Murph here. knew that. Murph, did yeah. you know that? Some talk. Chandler, did you know that? I did know that. Okay. That was a big point, turns out. Damn. All right, last question. And this one does go to the boys of 161st Street. It's a pretty big question, but, you know, going into Final Jeopardy, I'd, I'd say we're, we're in a pretty good shape for, even if you do miss the question, you could still get the dub because that makes that Final Jeopardy all more important. Right, Damon? Next question for the boys of 161st Street. Joe Torre managed the Yankees for 12 years. In which year did he win his first World Series as a manager of the Yankees? So which year of those 12 was his first World Series victory as a manager? Chandler, I'm, I'm 99% sure it's 1996. That's what I was thinking too. 96, fine. So which year of that, of his first, of his 12 years, is it, you know, first, second, third, fourth, fifth? 96. Wait, what? That's his, his first World Series? Yeah. It says oh, in which year. Which year. Oh, in which of his of his years? Yeah, I mean, oh, if you get if you sucks. that's confusing. All right, well, you know when what? Did he, when did he stop managing the Yankees? You got it right. Twelve years from you got it right. It was his first yeah. year as manager. I was going to say I thought that was his first year. You did the harder thing. You, oh, yeah. I think that was harder to guess the actual year, but I guess it's not that hard. I don't know. Nah, if, yeah, when you think about it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So he came in as manager and just fucking did it right away. He also won it. Took over in 08, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he definitely did. And that Boom. would be 12 years. He also won the three-peat, obviously, 98, 99, 2000. So that will do it 
and that will tie the ball game up at 800 wow. apiece. I promise this isn't scripted for the folks listening and watching. Final Jeopardy now. Oh, my God. So for Final Jeopardy, everybody know how that works? I am Final Jeopardy. No idea. So Final Jeopardy is basically you decide right now how much you guys want to risk. If you're feeling oh, confident. Fuck. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know it works. You, yeah, well, okay, so I think you need to do no, they, confer amongst yourselves. Yeah, that's right, okay. Confer amongst yourselves how much you want to risk and everything like that. They're supposed before. to tell us they're supposed to tell us what they risk yeah. beforehand. Well, yeah, so don't tell us out loud what you're gonna risk. Write it down or text each other right now to see like, how much you want to risk. And you guys do the same for the boys of one sixty first street, and yeah. then that will Tech- be Oh, Murphy. So whoever gets this right or wrong, whoever gets this right or wrong, the amount you wager is how many points you either lose or gain. So if you put 800 down and you get this question wrong, you lose everything you're down to zero. If you put 100 down, you can only win 100, but you only lose 100 if you get it wrong. Steve, note Steve note it G, is... you got to DM us what you, what you wager just so we can have it in oh. Because then they can change it. You're they right. Change it. You're right. There could be some cheating going on. Murph and, okay. Murph and Chandler, Wait, uh, don't check. What if we say it out loud? Because then they'll then they'll know. Then they'll know oh, and they can yeah, adjust yeah, accordingly. That's smart. Thank you. All right, <laughs> we are, we are, we already know what they're betting. So Murph and Chandler are locked in. I I will say it is Final Jeopardy. Questions aren't the easiest. All right, we got we got it. There's locked in okay. too. All right. Can I see? Okay. So the final Jeopardy question is. Ready. Uh, we don't have a final Jeopardy sound, but just play the daily double, I guess. The question is, what is baseball player Chipper Jones' real first name? Fuck me. <laughs> Both of you have to write it down. Text amongst yourselves to figure out the answer and let us know. We'll give you a little bit extra time on this one. I feel like Murph knows this. This is a very weird thing if you do know it. I didn't know this. I thought his name was actually Chipper. I didn't know he had a I, real first name. I thought it was name. Chipper Jones. <laughs> oh, God. Murphy is yeah. locked in. <laughs> that's what I thought. Damn, how did you know? I don't, know. I don't even know if that's right. I don't know. Wait, are, are we seconds. talking or are we texting each other again? Well, the other the other group is is locked in, so why don't we just you guys can talk it out. All right, Steve, what are you feeling, man? Throw some names out there. Okay. Let the people know Something what your thoughts Jones. are. All right, um, I'm gonna go like. You guys are halfway there with the last name. I'm gonna go like <laughs> maybe Mike, <laughs> Mike Jones, Andrew, maybe Andrew, Andrew Jones. Nah, he played for the Braves for a while. Hey, that was, yeah, yeah. I was a Yankee too, right? I was saying they were wrong. I don't even know what the answer is. I'm just, I'm just commentating here. Byron. Byron Jones. Byron Jones. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you got, no. Steve, what if it's your name? What if it's Steve Jones? (laughs) (laughs) Chipper. Trick question. It's actually just Chipper, right? <laughs> no, it is something different. All 
right, all right we're gonna need an answer. Um, Steve, what are we saying, dude? Mike, Mark, 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 Mark. Final answer, Mark. All right, Mark. so Steve and G have entered Mark. How much did you guys wager? Two hundred. Two hundred <laughs> on Mark. Mark. So Mark Jones is your answer. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Boys at one sixty first street. How much did you wager? Eight hundred. Hundred. So you're feeling confident. All the marbles. And no what bigger, was no what was your answer for Chipper Jones' real name? Oh my God. Larry. Nolan Murphy. Give Larry. Living oh, like Larry. Larry's a good Larry. answer. The answer is Larry Wayne Jones Jr. That is correct. The boys at 161st Street finished with 1,600 oh. points, and Stephen G finished with 600. It was close to the end. It doesn't really look too close at the end there with just by looking at the score, but everybody knows who's listening along. This was a good one. This is one for the ages. The first one of Beat the Boys. If you guys want to be Stephen G, make sure to go to that highlight in the Instagram to sign up. You just have to follow us. Or no, you have to leave a review on iTunes or subscribe to the Bronx Pinstripes YouTube to enter, and you guys can play with us too. We're going to do this whenever the fuck you guys want to do it with us. So... Thank you guys for coming on. Any parting words for it's a good game for the Steve Good game. I, I yeah, good game, Great game. How, uh, Great time. Where would you rate this in relation to the Patriots twenty-eight to three comeback? Great game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys were only down two hundred. We were down three hundred with five questions <laughs> to go. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah. I gotta say though, if anyone else besides Murph was playing, we would have lost. I don't know about that. No, I, Chandler I, carried the team there for a while. I don't really know if Chandler Man, carried the team. I, I was a first half warrior. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> close well. He got us out to a hot start. He got. Yeah. I did not know the first. The, the main reason I say that is I would have bet big on the on the final Jeopardy and then would have lost because I wouldn't have known. Fucking yeah, Larry, bro. Fucking Larry. Fucking Larry. The last like six months because I was curious. How did you know that? I, I'm so pissed about that. I actually thought that was his name. Mike, what was it, yeah, Mike hey, Jones? Well, Chipper's like, was, I knew Chipper was a nickname. I just didn't know his real name. And one of my buddies asked me like a couple weeks ago or like a month ago. And I actually looked it up like a month or two ago. Wow. So it's new information. I was very uh, lucky. Very lucky. Well, now I know Chipper Jones's first name or his real name. There you go. That's half the battle here. So you learn something new. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You learn something new. All right. Just here to entertain. We're here to educate. Hell yeah. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. Hey, boys, boys, before we leave, let's get a fucking win streak going, huh? <laughs> let's get a fucking win streak. You ever heard of a fucking win streak that ever, like... I don't know if this team's streak. ever heard of it. I'm not like, familiar let's, with Let's this go 6-0 on this post-trip. Fuck you. Fucking Houston. go cruising in the All-Star game. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for it. Hopefully they can keep yeah, up what's exactly. going on. I got to fucking stay up let's late. Let's sweep the Mariners, sweep the fucking Astros. And then we're right back in it. Yeah, I know. All right. Until the next series. All right. Let's get it going, boys. Thank you guys for tuning in and tune in next time to beat the boys. Let us know if you enjoyed this. And if you didn't, if you didn't, whatever. I don't care if you didn't like it because I had fun. So see you guys later. I just have two words. See ya.